Good morning, Four Oaks. It is Wednesday, March 1st. We are so glad that you have joined us. We are journeying through the book of Matthew, and this morning we're going to be in Matthew 23, 24, and 25. That's what we're going to be preaching on this Sunday at Four Oaks. And this may seem to be like three small verses, and they are, but they're pretty important because here Matthew is summarizing um, the nature of Jesus's ministry. So let, let's read the passage first and continue our journey through it. Verse 23, Matthew 4, and he, meaning Jesus, went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. Now, we introduce this, this text by talking about Matthew's introduction to Jesus's ministry, and the way that uh, Matthew sort of summarizes what Jesus is doing is that Jesus is having a ministry of word and deed. And he's proclaiming, he's teaching, while at the same time he's healing, he's casting out demons, he's helping those with spiritual and physical and medical oppressions and disease, and he is. these things are being wedded together. And you can't separate ministry of word and deed. They are distinct, but they're inseparable meaning not only do you have to be um, proclaiming truth to people, but you have to be ministering, serving in the context of their lives. Not only do you have to be serving people, but you also have to be bringing truth to those things. They serve one another. They have a reciprocal relationship. And we talked about this, this ministry of the word as sort of being captured under two ideas, preaching and teaching. And again, distinct, but can't be separated um, this idea of teaching is, the, is, is acquiring a body of knowledge, and preaching is the call to action. And we talked again about how both of these are essential. And if you want to get caught up on those, go listen to the last couple of days, the devotionals there. I, I want to focus today on what exactly it was that Jesus was teaching and preaching, Okay. Now, in a lot of ways, you could say, well, that's what the Gospel of Matthew is for. It's going to tell us all those things. But remember, here, Matthew is giving us a summary statement of what, is, what Jesus is preaching and what he is teaching. And he just has, he uses a short phrase that might be easy to blow past, but I think accurately, if we understand it right, summarizes how we're to think about all of biblical doctrine, okay? So, so let's go back, look at verse 23. He went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming, and here's the phrase, the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. Now, let's break those two words down for a second. When we talk about kingdom, and we've said this many times over the last several weeks as we've studied Matthew, the idea is we're not thinking so much about a, a specific location or a political realm um, we're talking about a spiritual realm. We're talking about a spiritual kingship, that when God's rule and God's reign are established, shalom happens, righteousness is restored. This is really that, that sort of that 
ministry of the of, of deeds that we see. When God's kingdom arrives, the light begins to penetrate the darkness and even to beat it back. And there's this, there's this concept lying behind this that at one time, God, the kingdom of the world or kingdom on earth and the kingdom of heaven were one and the same in the Garden of Eden. But yet when sin entered the world and those two kingdoms were breached, God goes into action. He plans for a day when um, his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Righteousness, police, uh, righteousness, peace, shalom will be restored. And that's part of what's happening when Jesus comes. That's why Jesus can say the kingdom is now at hand. It doesn't mean the kingdom is fully here. It will only be fully here right when Jesus returns. But this life is a constant progress towards God's rule and reign being established. It happens in relationships, happens in marriages, happens in um, tr our, our treatment of the poor and social justice and a whole a million things, right, where God's rule and reign uh, begins to, to grab a foothold in this world and to spread. But there's also a second word here, and we haven't talked about this word as much in Matthew, although... Um, it's still just as relevant, and it, it's this idea of the gospel, euangelion, which literally means good news. Now, if you've been around Four Oaks for any length of time, you know that we talk a lot about the gospel. Um, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the good news that Jesus came, he lived, he died, um, he was buried, he was resurrected, he has ascended to the right hand of the Father, um, the gospel is an event. The gospel is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's through that gospel that we are reconciled to God through faith. And so, so this good news um, is, in fact, that Jesus has come to save sinners. Now, how does the gospel relate to the kingdom? Because it says here that Jesus is proclaiming the gospel and the kingdom, or the gospel of the kingdom, or the kingdom's gospel. What, 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 what does that mean exactly? Well, what it means is that Jesus is communicating two things simultaneously to people. And again, they're intertwined. They can't be separated. And we need to, to, to grasp this for the way that we understand biblical doctrine. On one hand... Jesus is coming and proclaiming that a new day is here. He, he's coming and saying that, that, that God's kingdom is, 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 has come in the presence, in, in the midst of his own appearance. He's saying that, that God is in the business of reestablishing his rule and his reign. But yet, he's also calling people to repentance, to, to a radical reorientation, to confession to faith in him. Why? Because the, the kingdom coming is not any good if you're not reconciled to the king. And, and there has to be this sense of, of, hey, yes, I am participating in God's kingdom, but I can participate because of my sin. But through Jesus's death, um, the gospel, I am now a part of his kingdom. I'm now um, a member of this kingdom. I've made peace with the king. This is really important to understand on, on two fronts, okay? On one front, you might hear a lot of people 
um, maybe more on the progressive liberal side who love to talk about the kingdom. Um, how are we ushering in the kingdom? Are we doing good deeds? Are we helping the poor? Are we, um, are we actively bringing shalom into other people's lives? How are we doing that within the, the context of our own lives? And that's, that's good. That's a right emphasis, okay? However, if it's not also accompanied by the gospel, by the proclamation that even as the kingdom is coming, we have to repent. We have to confess our sins. We have to run to Christ and trust in Christ because God is justly um, displeased with our sin. And that's where a lot of people on that end of the spectrum get really fidgety. They don't like to talk about God's wrath or God's unrighteousness or the need to repent. People might love the idea of shalom, love the idea of the kingdom, but when it comes to this substitutionary atonement stuff, when it comes to the repenting and God's wrath and unrighteousness, then we can't really have any of that. That was not the case with Jesus, okay? Jesus spoke much about the wrath of God, much about hell, right? So, so we want to be really careful um, that we don't separate the kingdom from the gospel. On the other hand, a lot of us, from a more orthodox, conservative perspective, are really big on the gospel. We're really big on penal substitutionary atonement, on trusting the fact that Jesus um, died for our sins and that we have to place our faith in him and evangelism, and that's a great emphasis as well. But a lot of times when we don't wed the gospel of the kingdom with, with uh, I'm sorry, when we don't wed the kingdom to the gospel, what we end up having is a very privatized, individualized faith. When we forget that Jesus did not come just to save sinners, okay? He came to bless the world. He came to bring shalom. If, if he came just to save sinners, he could have saved us and taken us back to glory, but that's not, that's not the case. That would be an incomplete biblical story because God is interested in reestablishing heaven on earth, wedding heaven and earth together. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, bringing shalom, bringing peace and righteousness. This is what's going to happen at the new heavens and the new earth. And so that keeps us, when we are focusing on both things, from just treating salvation as this individual enterprise to this claim on our whole lives. How are we living our life? How are we bringing blessing and uh, peace to those around us? How are we, how are we not just proclaiming word, God's word, but living it out by deed. So you see that the, the, these two ideas of gospel and kingdom are that you, you can't separate them. They should not be separated. And when you only have one or the other, you don't have the full gospel. You don't have, on one hand, if you just have gospel, you don't see the implications of the gospel. But if you only have kingdom, you, you don't, you still have this nasty problem of sin to deal with. And with Jesus, in every way possible, he came proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and let it be with us. Let it be with us that we would understand both, that we would embrace both and live both out. All right, we'll be back tomorrow um, to tackle Matthew chapter four. Let's pray. Lord, um, we thank you that... Jesus came 
as the good news, the Savior of the world, Lamb of God, and that through him we are reconciled to you, and we are also now commissioned as agents of change and righteousness and peace to bless those around us, Lord. Let us to keep, keep those things firmly held together, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.